Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good morning, everybody. This is Lorraine, and it is a beautiful Wednesday morning in Indianapolis. We got some company in the house. Good morning, Ben Reisinger. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We are so glad that you could come in. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with Ben, Ben is the, would you say founder, host of founder, Do It Indie? Co-founder and on-air host. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about Do It Indie. We're going to talk about some other stuff. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that um, this morning, Tamara, good morning, Tamara. Good morning is on the Twitter feed. So if you've got a question or a comment for Ben, um, go ahead and use the hashtag pound MTFW. But let's go ahead and get it started. Um, ben, let's start with Do It Indie. What yes. the heck? What is it? <laughs> Do It Indie. Uh, Do It Indie became something that uh, it was never meant to be, but we... Uh, our original goal was in late 2010 to become a social media show to show uh, the city of Indianapolis some of the best events that were happening. So in essence, that's how we started. And uh, it kind of went from there. It got a little bit bigger, and we blogged. And now we are also on Fox 59 on Tuesday mornings and Saturday mornings. And uh, it is still our mission to just let the city of Indianapolis know those urban eclectic things, not just your dinner and a movie type of uh, you know type of night. And um, I, I was looking at your blog this morning, and it's really grown. You've got quite a few writers, quite a few different people that are sharing their um, indie events. Absolutely, uh, we now have uh, what we call the Do It Indie Crew, and uh, at first it was just Big Ben and Tolan, and now we have actually a staff of nine reporters that work with us, and uh, we segment them out to everything from uh, arts and entertainment to nightlife, to music, to food, uh, to just, uh, and also to nonprofits, just general events happening in, in, in the Indianapolis area. And, you know, people have just wanted to come and be involved, and it's a really, really cool thing to see how so many people love, number one, the city of Indianapolis, and number two, using social media to help promote that. And that's really kind of where we, where I really want to focus the show, because I've seen over the last couple of years the power of social media um, to get people to events. Let me tell you real quick my first sort of experience on how that worked, and then I really want to look at you breaking down for us how you've used it for some of the events you've been involved in. Sure. But the first thing was my birthday. Um, it wasn't a big. It wasn't a big birthday. It is all about me. But it wasn't a big birthday. Um, but Nancy Merlin decided we needed an excuse to get together. And okay. she put it out on Twitter and said, hey, we're going to be celebrating Round Peg's birthday. And there were no invitations. There were no emails. There was nothing put anywhere other than on Twitter. And this was uh, going on four years ago. We had 50 people show up for lunch. Fantastic. And it was just every because back then it was kind of like this, wow, this is really cool. It's a Twitter invitation. Mm -hmm. And now that's pretty commonplace. But I, oh, sure. but I started watching it from there, how people use it. So let's talk, you know what, talk about, let's talk about Indie Fringe, because I know you okay. were a lot of the voice behind Indie Fringe kind of getting the momentum there. 
how do you kind of approach social media to build enthusiasm for those kind of events? Well, it really takes a two-tiered approach. Uh, in my own thinking, along with uh, social media, okay, when you have a large event, let's say you have a, like Indie Fringe, which is a week-long festival, uh, I really approached it, uh, I'm a public relations practitioner and professional really to begin with, and uh, I created a six-month plan with them. It was kind of a slow burn, months one through three, and then, you know, months four and five leading up into month six, which was August for Indie Fringe, you know, it's, uh, it's very similar to a PR plan and how, uh, you know, frequency, you know, becomes more uh, the types of people that we're actually hitting out to. I very segmented my messaging to try and include some new people. And, uh, you know, and then really that last month with community events, I've seen some really good things happen with guerrilla marketing. Really, I call it guerrilla social media. I'm trying to make up my own terms here. But it's just uh, really, uh, you know, the week-long 10 days of Indie Fringe, you would probably, if you didn't want to see any fringe, it would probably, uh, you know, upset you. And you know how people do uh, share overload and you know clog up your timelines and things of that nature. But uh, it was really a, it was very positive, and it helped uh, for what we could see. And after uh, we did all the analytics and saw, you know, what messaging and where things were coming from, there was a, over a 20% increase in indie fringe this year. And uh, we really would like to attribute, you know, it's, it's difficult at this time, as we all know, to say, hey, this really came from social media. But uh, we, they've never had a jump like that or an increase like that. And no matter what theater you were at, no matter where you were, we were pushing the hashtag Fringe 12. We were pushing Facebook. We were pushing Twitter. Even Google Plus a little bit. Mm -hmm. For all those of you, I know there are Google Plus lovers and haters out there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it really worked well for us. And uh, I've seen from that, I've taken that and really used that guerrilla social media campaign with some other community events. Well, and I think the one of the real keys was the fact that um, uh, you had a consistent hashtag. Mm -hmm. And you started using it very early. And um, I saw it pick up a lot of momentum. And I think having a hashtag and creating momentum around that hashtag was a really good strategy. Mm -hmm. they, they had never done anything like that. And I remember the first time I went in there and they were like, okay, what? And, I'm like, and I told them, I was like, hey, let's put this in the program. Let's put pound sign, fringe 12, and all the signage. Let's have, you know, the announcers talk about it. Hey, you know, let us know what you like about the show. And, uh, and it, it was really, like I said, it, it became well. We trended with fringe 12 four times within the first five days of the festival. And it was, uh, more of it was the weekend, that first weekend was very powerful with that. But after that first weekend, when people really saw that, they're like, oh, okay, it, the trend really picked up for the, the next, you know, week, seven days that uh, Indie Fringe was happening. And so for those of you that are not necessarily as active on Twitter, the, the idea that you have everybody putting whatever comment they're saying, using the same hashtag, and then um, looking for the trends, looking for lots of people talking about the same event. Um, you saw that during the Super Bowl. I think mm -hmm. that, um, and you were one of the Social 46. Do it if you uh, want to remember that, yes. And, um, you know, I was involved with that as well. And um, you started to see those comments pop up. It kind of has a twofold, because not only... Do you know what's going on? You know who else is Who's talking. And not only talking, but I found people on the street on Mass Ave because they were using the hashtag Fringe12. That's fantastic. Because I knew I, I saw a note from uh, uh, Indie Theater 
And there was a note, and she said, oh, yes, I just saw this play. Well, I sent her a note and said, hey, we're on the app. Where are you? Mm -hmm. And we could stop and have a quick conversation, um, exchange notes, and then go on to our next show. Yeah, and that takes social media. That's the power of social media, taking it to the next level. Those real – social media is great, and people talk on it all the time, as we all know. But taking that to the next level and having that real face-to-face -face relationship is really a true goal of that. Well, and I think that's – when social media works best mm -hmm. is when it crosses mm -hmm. over back and forth between the physical world and the online, and it kind of makes them sort of almost seem like it's one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, uh, I mean, that, that is success to me. And I see that, you know, with community events, that is how we do that with success. And I'll kind of jump ship from Indie Fringe right now and maybe talk about Do It Indie because that's a little bit easier with that. Do It Indie, we do a weekly campaign. Um, like I said, every week we have a new top five urban events. And so, uh, you know, taking that and saying, all right, you know, who are we going to touch base with this week? Who would we like to connect with? And, you know, who can we start that relationship with? And a lot of the times with Do It Indie, it's those smaller type of groups or organizations or even nonprofits that we're reaching out to in the city of Indianapolis. So it really benefits them to the fact that we're giving them I mean, I hate to say this, but free advertising, really, and promotion with Do It Indie, and it's, it's throwing them out to the public and saying, hey, there's, you know, this small theater company or there's this nonprofit, which you may have never heard about. I mean, that's exactly what we are trying to do is, you know, to really bring those people out. Well, and it, um, it really does a lot, I think, for the city. It makes it um, a lot more interesting whether you live here or, you know, if you are a guest and you get online and, you know, what do I do in Indy? I'm going to stumble across your website. I'm I gonna, hope so. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, well, that sounds like fun. I, you know, maybe I should try that. Um, I ended up at a um, Naptown Roller Girls event a couple of weeks ago. Very something cool. You guys put on, um, and I think you were promoting it on Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We wear sponsors at the Naptown Roller Girls. And, again, that's one of those, like I like to call them, hidden gems of Indy. People know about Napton Roller Girls, but they don't really know exactly what it is. Or they hear the term roller derby, they just think people going around hitting each other, you know, on roller skates or something like that. I mean, you saw it. It's, it's an amazing sporting event, and it's great for the whole family. And so I just uh, organizations such as the Napton Roller Girls, such as uh, right now we're getting ready to go into Devour Downtown. Oh, and we're yeah. proud sponsors of Devour Downtown, too. And just to give those local restaurants that might not have that budget to get out there and this and that, I mean, it's a way for us to help give something to them, to help, you know, bring them to the forefront of people's eyes. And it really is, on a weekly basis, a true guerrilla marketing campaign. Oh, you know, it, um, uh, as, you know, as an organization, um, you know, first off, if you're here in Indy, getting connected with Do It Indy, I think, is a, is a huge benefit. But if you're somewhere else and you want to start promoting your event, how do you sort of break into Twitter? How do you break into Facebook and get people to notice you? Well, that's a great question. And, again, I'll, I'll refer back to uh, my more traditional public relations type of role with that. Um, I suggest everyone, no matter what type of community event that you are, let's say that you're a festival or let's say that you're a, uh, a music show that's going to happen, something like that, it really, you know, it's all about consistency and it's all about your content. You really always, I mean, you know that. You have to get that out there and keep things going. But it really is truly needs to be tailored, in my personal opinion, around the date of your event. I, I see community events as, kind of like you said, a slow burn going around, but then they become very guerrilla-like 
and in people's faces around the time of the actual event itself or said festival because obviously that's when people chatter about it. And we all know that. People mm -hmm. wait. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I think one of the things is um, uh, it gets easier the second year <laughs> because if you were paying attention the first year and you sort of, if you're an event organizer, look at who was chatting about your event mm -hmm. and put them on a list, kind of keep them in mind, and then ask them to be your advocates the next year. Sure, reach out to them. I mean, those those people are your biggest cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what we call ourselves, but do they are indie cheerleaders, you know, of this town. But, uh, you know, really uh, take that, take, um, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought right there. But, uh, you know, keep continue on with the guerrilla campaign because um, that is that is key. To, in my opinion, that is key to when you're having that that community event. And yes, know, see the people that reach out to you and bring them right around next year. That's that's a great point. And um, uh, the photos are just an amazing part. And a lot of times when we're doing marketing for different companies, we struggle because not everything takes great photos. Mm -hmm. But events. Um, Take great photos, and we were we were talking just uh, offline before. What's your favorite uh, photo sharing apps right now? Because oh. I think I, I mean because I, I think you know there's lots of pros and cons. What do you like? Oh, there are lots of pros and cons. I'll tell you, um, yeah, Instagram is king. I've recently started using Instagram with Do It Indie, and it's done incredibly well. But yes, I'm a huge fan of Twitter, obviously, and I love those filters that they have on there, and they're a lot easier to. To rotate and run through, but uh, yes, you're right. The visual images. One of the things that uh, I did learn with Indie Fringe was uh, I'm glad you body kind of jogged my memory. Was the the images of Fringe, um, along with uh, along with you know giving out the the content and telling people what's going on. But people don't like to read, mm -mm. and I hate that. I'm a reader. I'm a writer, and uh, more people now would love to just see a visual. Love to see maybe a, a short little. Boom! Here's a, a 15 to 20 second snippet of, of you know a play or something like that. I'll also talk about let's say uh, Movember Indie. Uh, Movember is a huge. Uh, it's a national charity, mm -hmm. worldwide charity that has just in the last four years come to Indianapolis. And uh, this year I was uh, very proud to become a member of the committee and grow my mustache for the second year straight, which <laughs> I'm very proud of my mustache. And uh, with that, uh, we used, uh, it was different than Indie Fringe. It was different than a weekly Do It Indie type of guerrilla campaign. But what I'm saying is, oh, what I'm saying is uh, Movember Indie, it, uh, you know, that was a probably about one month long. I took it a little bit different type of approach than I did with Indie Fringe or even with Do It Indie. Uh, we knew we were coming into it. You know, here's October. We knew November would be when all the guys were wearing their mustaches. So really, the end of October through November, I mean, it was probably like a six-week campaign that I hit it very, very hard. But I'll tell you, uh, we grew exponentially by something like three or 400% on both our Facebook and our Twitter feeds. And it was amazing to me. So, you know, if you're really doing a community event, from what I've seen from some of the ones that I've done here in the last year, uh, really the key is consistency. The key is to, you know, even in your off-season, Put something out there, you know, once or twice a week, just to let people know that you're there. And then really strategically look at, like you said, who your cheerleaders are, mm -hmm. first chance, and then uh, how you can use them to leverage, you know, social media. If you have one person that's a volunteer to help you with social media, that is an amazing thing because as long as they halfway know what they are doing, you can reach out to masses for 
free where you never could have before. Okay, so two things. Number one, um, were there photos along the way of your mustache as it was growing in? Yes, there was. <laughs> yes, I had lots of photos of my mustache, and it was it was very big. So, and I was proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, I mean, but that you know, but that's that's the fun is um, I think what social media does is has a lot of charities and a lot of organizations thinking about how do we make our fundraiser visually interesting. Uh-huh. Where, like you said, you're a words person, and you used to be able to, to write these compelling letters that would get people to give money. Not so much anymore. Right. It's, can you make me laugh? Can you make me smile? Can you take a photo that kind of tugs at my heartstrings? Uh-huh. So um, with the Devour coming okay. up, what, uh, what should we be looking for from you? What kind of updates are you going to be doing uh, besides eating your way through the city of Indianapolis? <laughs> well, definitely pictures, definitely videos. I mean, Devoured Downtown is a two-week campaign that highlights the cool urban, um, you know, kind of there are some chain restaurants, but non-chain restaurants that, uh, you know, are in the city of Indianapolis. And, you know, with Do It India, like I said, we're a sponsor, Devour, and we will uh, take the approach where um, it's, you know, it really is kind of a guerrilla approach. I, I keep saying that word, and I don't know if that's the right word to do it because, you know, I always used to talk about guerrilla PR and guerrilla mm-hmm. marketing, but, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it uh, Uber sharing now, <laughs> something like that. Maybe that's the, the best word to say about that is Uber sharing. Uh, but, you know, it, it will continue to evolve and continue to uh, have lots of pictures for Devour, and we'll and see what happens. Now, what's the hashtag you're going to be using? For Devour Downtown? Uh, I don't know. I'm actually meeting with their PR person today, but I think it's DDWinter13. Uh, it will be the hashtag for Devour Downtown. I'll tell you, and it's Devour Downtown on Twitter and on Facebook. And, uh, you know, let people know where you're, you're out eating and things of that nature. You know, um, the, we stumbled across that event a few years ago and just loved, uh, loved it as a way of getting introduced to a number of restaurants. You're laughing. Is somebody putting something up on Twitter? Oh, I just, uh, my co-host Tolan just uh, wanted to retweet about my mustache. Yes, yeah. he's, he's, it was very big and I was very proud of it. He's uh, <laughs> kind of punning at me. Love you there, buddy. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> And I think, you know, that is, um, that's my favorite part, though, of the whole social experience is that um, you and I can be having, we're having a conversation, we're sort of hanging out in a room together, but suddenly somebody across the city or across the world can mm-hmm. join that conversation. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and it becomes very inclusive. Um, but, okay, so let's go back to Devour downtown because we're talking about my, one of my favorite subjects, food. Okay. Um, People love food on social media. If they do. Food, animals, and babies. Yes. Um, so Instagram at one point, and I've only looked at my page once or twice, but basically created a web page of all of your photos, and I was appalled at how many pictures of um, cats and food were on my page until I discovered that everybody's page looks like that. Oh, my page has my dog all over it mm-hmm. and a lot of food. Uh, I try to put the, the cooler food that I, you know, I'm out and around and eating. Yep. But, you know, just, again, talking about the photos, talking about community events, uh, please, you know, if you're listening, uh, do that. You know, it's a great way to reach out to uh, people and they don't have to read. <laughs> just When they can look at that photo and be like, oh, and they can get the sense of what your community event is or what's happening, I think that's a fantastic, uh, you know, way to reach out to people. And I think it's, you know, I think it's great to have a mix. I think um, sometimes 
I'm old school. I want, you know, if I'm shooting video, I want lights, I want makeup, I want it to be perfect, but that's not the way video is shot anymore. It's shot with a, an iPhone or a flip cam, and half the time they cut off part of your head. Sure. But it's very, it's very authentic. It's and real. I, it's very real. And I think, I think organizers need to sort of plan on both. On the one side, the um, having a couple of those really beautiful videos to sell it, but then interspersing and really welcoming those very kind of random on the fly kind of pieces. Oh yeah, I mean, it, really. That's where I've seen a lot of success are those random on the fly pieces more than the polished stuff. I mean, one of the coolest pictures that I posted on November Indie this year was just a picture from the gala last year, and it was a couple girls that had dressed up with mustaches and guys. But I remember when I posted that on, and it was on the Facebook page. Uh, it got something like 40 or 50 likes. Oh, my God. And it was amazing. It was just people standing there getting judged at the mustache contest. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that just said, you know, tons of things. And I was like, well, you know, what is that telling you? That's telling you that people love mustaches now. It's such, <laughs> yeah. a, it's such a cool thing. I, you can blame the hipsters for that. But uh, uh, people love mustaches. People love the interaction of seeing a great, uh, you know, picture. And, you know, being a non, either a nonprofit or a community organization or a festival or something like that, that's where you really will attract the people because you'll show them, hey, this is, you know, we're down to earth. This is what's really going on. And, uh, again, I think with Indie Fringe, I was Uber posting this past year, and I think that's where it really, really kind of helped out with that. Um, people forgave that. There were a couple people that were like, oh, you put like five posts today on Facebook, Indie Fringe, but... That was very low comparative to the people that were really embracing it during the festival. Well, and I think you hit on something that's really important is we, you know, I mean, people love beautiful photos. They love cute and funny photos. But they really like photos of people. Mm-hmm. And the pictures on the Roundhead website that get the best interaction are, like, Your yes, animals. Our, well, our animals, <laughs> number one. But number two, it's our people shots. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it on my Facebook page, too. Um, uh, we went to the um, the Indianapolis Museum of Art for New Year's Eve. Sure. And I took a couple of pictures in the gallery, but the pictures that got the most interaction was this great shot of all of you know of all of us that somebody else took. You know, and it was clear we were having fun, and you share it, and then the friends of everybody in that picture mm-hmm. had something to say. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really kind of leverage social media is when you have that um, uh, ability to reach people that you don't know who are connected to other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, people today on social media. I I think that's where I I disagree with some people, but I think you get it a lot, Lorraine. It's with what we do today, people want to see that we're real people. Mm -hmm. This isn't the Mad Men 60s type of era where you're, hey, you're hoity-toity and, you know, you're this, PR or social media person behind the guy that no one ever sees. I mean, those days are gone. Social media has really made uh, what we do, uh, you know, personable, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, and you're right. People do want to see that. It's it's kind of funny to me. Why do you want to look at somebody eating a taco like everybody loved your taco pictures <laughs> yesterday rather than maybe seeing somebody giving a presentation, you know, this, that. I mean, it, people love them all now, and it's amazing. Well, and I, I think it's um, uh, we've actually gotten clients um, from our adventures in dining. Um, we did the uh, we were talking to a company in Michigan. I have never met Terry face to face, 
Um, but she had been following our Twitter feed and she'd been following our Facebook. And we went up to Bubs in Carmel for their oh, yeah for their Big Ugly, and and uh, one of our guys, Jay Mattingly, um, took on the Big Ugly, and we documented it <laughs> on Facebook. And by the time we got back to the office, there was a note on our Facebook page and a voice message from Terry going, "Okay, you guys have got me." I really like who you are. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, um, that's a huge advantage that whether it's a business or a, an organization, you have the opportunity to kind of make that human connection. Well, sure, sure. And, and between the human connection, too, one of the biggest things, in my opinion, with the community-based events is your, is your messaging, your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, don't throw... An old guy on there. If it's uh, you know that's 60 years old. If it's a watch that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I, I know what you're saying, but in, in my in my opinion, you know everybody. There there are things that you know if you're voicing something, have the right person with the right voice for that campaign. And and so I say, that's what that's what I meant by that. I'm not saying that old dudes versus young dudes versus you know young ladies and you know, all that. No no. Have the have the right person with the voice. Make sure they truly understand what your community is what your organization is, and what the goal of that is. And, and yeah, that, that's the key, is, um, is recognizing there are different voices. Um, I think that a good writer can write in multiple voices oh, and sure. can, can talk to different communities, but I think your point about if this is who you are, um, recognize that if you're talking to a community where, I think in the days of the Mad Men, you know, these... Executives, you know, they talk to everybody kind of in one voice, and that worked. Um, sure. Today, you really have to, you know, talking to a group of, you know, uh, moms about their kids versus talking to a group of teenagers versus talking to a group of theater buffs. It is different voices. Oh, sure. Um, and that's a, that's a great and point. And they expect different people. They, yes, yes. Absolutely. And um, and sometimes we sometimes we let them know who the voice is, and sometimes we don't. <laughs> Okay, so we are, um, I, I can't believe we've blown through 25 minutes. Oh, wow, yeah. That was quick. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Um, and great information. So one closing thought. If somebody is going to take this on for their event, mm -hmm. if you do one thing right. One thing right. Yeah. Okay, with social media for an event, I mean, I would say, okay, if you're going to use a medium, do one thing right, use Twitter. Uh, Twitter, again, was so powerful for Indie Fringe, was so powerful for, for Movember Indie, which actually put us on the national Movember radar. Um, Facebook is great, too, but Twitter is king to me right now with that. I have to say that. You know, I think, I think that's a really good point that um, after the event, um, as a place to catalog your photos and the experience, Facebook, Facebook. is great. Mm -hmm. But real time, on the ground, I think you're right. I think, I think Twitter is definitely the way to go. If people want to find you after today's broadcast, where do they look for you? Well, you can uh, find me online at benreisinger.com, and that's R-I-S-I-N-G-E-R, -I -I -E and you can also find me on doitindy.com. And from there, you can find all my social links, so I don't need to go through all that. <laughs> awesome. Um, this has been great. I really enjoyed having Thanks. you today. Um, if you have other questions for Ben, be sure to check out Do It Indie. Um, I'm going to be downtown during um, Devour Downtown. Uh, be sure to uh, 
to look for look for posts both from uh, Marine Ball and the At Roundhead crew because I'm pretty sure there'll be food in our future. Um, and if you enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about um, marketing and social media, web design, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. Next week, we're going to be talking to Michael Reynolds about content marketing and how to use content to convert casual visitors on your website into um, customers. Uh, that is one show you do not want to miss. So we'll look forward to talking with you again. This has been another episode of More Than a Few. Thanks for listening. Woohoo!